there there is this battle that's waging in our lives as believers uh, with uh, the spirit of God and the spirit that resides in us uh, versus the flesh that is dead, the Bible tells us, but still has the ability uh, to rear its ugly head and to control our lives if we allow it to. And if we feed the flesh, it gets even stronger and more powerful in our life. And there's this battle that's going on. Now, if you don't know Jesus Christ personally and you're not a follower of his, then you're in not really a battle. You're just fully given over to the flesh and you're in bondage to the flesh and have no uh, recourse really but to obey the flesh. But those of us that are followers of Jesus, we are in a battle, a constant battle. And that's what Paul is describing here in Romans chapter 7. And, and he says some words that I think resonate with all of us, especially in the new year. As we think back on 2007, as we think ahead to 2008, and we think about the things that we would like to do better, listen to what Paul says. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. And I don't know about you, but that, that resonates with me. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing, is what Paul is saying. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. We need to understand that as humans, we were born into what you might call uh, a sin nature. This body that we reside in. The Bible calls it a tent. It's a temporary dwelling. It's sinful. As David described in Psalm 51, he was born in sin. We have no choice but to be born into that sin nature but we then have a choice of how we're going to manifest that sin, and all of us choose to sin almost on a daily basis. And so there's the sin nature that we're born into, and then there's the choice that, that we have to manifest that sin. And Paul is saying, for the good that I will to do, I don't do, and the evil that I don't want to do, I end up doing it. And because of that, I know that it's the sin that dwells in me. And I find that then a law that evil is present with me. And the one who wills to do good. And so there's this battle. The, the evil dwells in us, but there's also the will to do good. And I think all of us can relate to that. That there's this desire to do the right thing. We want to do the right thing. We want to honor God. We, we want to obey His voice. We, we want to obey His commands. But for some reason, we end up not doing what we want to do, and we end up doing that which we don't want to do, and it's this sin that dwells in us. Paul says, For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And then, almost 
as if he just sort of throws up his hands in disgust with himself and utter discouragement. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And maybe at the end of 2007, maybe that's kind of the way you feel. Oh, wretched man or wet, wretched woman that I am, who is going to deliver me from this body of death? I think it's a good question. How are we going to be delivered from this evil that dwells within us that causes us to do the things we don't want to do and, and not do the things we want to do? How are we going to be delivered from that? How are we going to accomplish the things that we know God is calling us to as we look forward to 2008? Maybe you've already made some commitments, some resolutions. Maybe you've made some resolutions that you're going to break tonight as we eat cookies afterward. I mean, it doesn't take long, right? We talked about making the resolution yesterday in, in our text in Philippians of doing everything without complaining and arguing. And Andrew and I were driving down the road today and we were kind of complaining together about something and all of a sudden it just kind of hit me how easy it is to complain, you know, and, and how easy it is to do that which we don't want to do and, and to not do the things that we want to do. And Paul, I think, just comes to that place and I think we can relate to Paul, all of us, Sometimes we think of Paul as this spiritual giant, this guy that had it all together and he was maybe even in our minds without sin and yet he says here, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? Who will free me from this body of death? And I think introspection is good. I think as we look back on 2007 and we ask God to search our hearts and to show us if there's anything in our lives that needs to be changed, that needs to be tweaked, that needs to be redeemed, that as we invite him in, as the Bible says, he's knocking on the door of our hearts, desiring to come in and fellowship with us, as we open up our lives for him to, to search us out and to show us the, the things that he wants to, to make new, I think that's a good thing. But I think introspection can become a bad thing when it becomes condemnation. When we look so far within and we spend so much time and, and that voice in our mind, that conscious that we have is, is just sort of beating us down and telling us how horrible we are and, and it's just a lot of negativity, I think there's a point to that where it becomes something that will drive us away from Christ. And Romans chapter 8 verse 1 tells us there is no condemnation for those of us that are in Christ Jesus. And so conviction, introspection, searching our hearts, those are all biblical things and things that we ought to do certainly at the end of a year, at the beginning of a new year. But as we enter the new year and we look back on 2007, we look ahead to 2008, you guys, inevitably, we will see failure. We will see our flesh. We will see the things that we did that fell short of the glory of God because we are sinners 
by nature. The Bible says that we have an advocate with the Father. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so the word that I want us to meditate upon, to think upon as we celebrate the new year is grace. Inevitably, we need God's grace in 2008. Paul told Timothy, his protege, his son in the faith, the guy that he was going to hand the mantle over, as he was giving him advice in ministry, he told Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. If there's something, Timothy, that I could pass on to you, that would be be strong in God's grace. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace. It's something that we need to be strong in. It's something that we need to grow in. Growing in the grace of God. And here's the thing. We need to experience God's grace on a daily basis. We need to be experiencing it. We talk about experiencing Jesus. That when, that when we gather together as a, as a fellowship, we want to experience Jesus. As people come in contact with us, we want them to experience Jesus. Well, here's one of the things about that that we ought to be experiencing is the grace of God. God's grace. It's unmerited favor. It's receiving that which we don't deserve. And God wants to lavish his grace upon us tonight. God wants to to cleanse you from, from all of those things that maybe he's revealed to you. Maybe the the mistakes that that you've already made. The resolutions that, that you desired to keep and you've already broken. God wants to cleanse that. God wants to to make you aware of his loving kindness tonight, his grace and his mercy in your life. And we need to experience God's grace so that we can extend God's grace. And if you're not a, a gracious person, if you have a hard time forgiving people or a hard time, you know, accepting the the flaws and failures in people and maybe there's a, a disconnect in your, your vertical relationship with the Lord in the sense that you're not experiencing the grace of God. And so in your horizontal relationships with other people, you're not able to extend grace. We need to experience it so that we can extend it. Let that be a, a message for us in 2008. Experiencing the grace of God that we might extend it to those around us. Because believe me, as much as we need grace, so do the people in our lives. The, the people at our workplaces, the people in our families, the people in our church. We need grace. And so we're going to invite you to, to come and to take a cup and to take a, a piece of bread to return to your seat. And we're going to partake together. And the worship... Uh, band's going to come back up. They're going to lead us in some songs. And as they do, you can come forward and, and, and receive that and, and return to your seat. And, and as you do that, you guys, I want you to be aware of the grace of God. That's what this represents. 
is the grace of God that motivated him to come to this earth and take on human flesh and take up a cross to be willing to die even the death of the cross, Philippians 2 tells us, to humble himself, to take the sin of the world upon himself. Have you ever thought about how wretched you are, as Paul says here in verse 24, O wretched man that I am. Paul had come to the end of himself, and all that Paul was aware of was his own sin. How about taking all of the sin of humanity upon yourself? And that's what Jesus took upon himself. It's no wonder that at that moment Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he felt so alone, so apart from God, as he took all of the sin of the world. The Bible says that he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God through him. Vicariously, Jesus took our sin and gave us his righteousness. Man, that's awesome. Hope you guys are aware of that. And here's the thing. Maybe, maybe you don't know Jesus personally tonight. I don't know all of you. And if you don't know Jesus tonight and you have no intention of giving your life to him, then this, this table, the communion service is not for you. And, and I don't uh, say that because uh, I don't want you to, to partake or I'm trying to you know, be rigid or anything. I, I'm saying that because the Bible says that and, and because the Bible's really clear that you're eating condemnation upon yourself. And so if you are not a follower of Jesus, I would just encourage you to, to not partake. But if you are a follower of Jesus, and man, you feel condemned or you just feel down, this is the place for you. This is where you need to be. Here's the thing. If, you're, if you aren't a follower of Jesus tonight and you want to be, I invite you right now to ask him into your heart. What, what better time than at the end of 2007, going into a new year, to become a new creation, the Bible says. That if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. It's very simple. You, you need to admit that you have a problem and that you're a sinner. That every one of us is a sinner. You need to admit that for yourself and then you need to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you, to cleanse you of your sin, to wash away your guilt. And if you do that tonight, you're a new creation. And man, what an awesome time to partake of communion as a new creation. And so we're going we're gonna to do that together. The worship band's going to come up and uh, just encourage you guys to experience his grace tonight.